Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The, hey, you got your voice back. That's great. But are you serious? We're, we're dealing with space stuff again? Addition. <laughs> That's right. We certainly are. God damn it. Today is episode 138, Runaway Black Hole, Ejected from Galaxy, and What If Jupiter Lived Next Door? Yeah, I know. I know, my friends. I, too, have lost track of the number of episodes on this show whose topic dabbles with space. Uh, let's see. We've covered planet cannibalism, international space station collisions, and even the one time human pee escaped a space shuttle. And it convinced John Glenn, just for a moment, that those glittering spots were alien lightning bugs. That's right. That happened. We covered it. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, please check out InBetweeny061. It's way back in the day, but it's InBetweeny061. It was called John Glenn's Fireflies and the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. I know, if it sounds like a lot, <laughs> it really was, and it was a great time. So please scroll on back and uh, have a listen. But today, today, well, we're throwing yet another black hole onto the staggering pile of holes that we've made for ourselves. <laughs> Sweet baby Jesus, the black hole that we're about to talk about in the first half of the show is horrifying. It's horrifying in size, but, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, you're going to find yourself wiping a tear from your eye when you hear about its story. It's a story about rejection, a story about a creature that's just not accepted and could never be accepted thanks to the stupid laws of physics and, and its home galaxy. And it strikes out on its own. And that's just the start. You won't believe what this black hole is creating while running free. That's right, despite the odds, it's persisting and leaving all sorts of beautiful shit in its wake. This is an inspirational story in the end, and I cannot wait to get into it with you. Then after the break, outer space comes to us. My friends, it's been a minute. We're bringing back everyone's favorite new segment, Let's read from a book, motherfucker. And we're sticking with Randall Monroe's What If, Volume 2, because it's a fucking joy. On page 70, a nine-year-old boy named Zachary asked the author, quote, Dear Randall, what would happen if you shrunk Jupiter down to the size of a house and placed it in a neighborhood, say, replacing a house? End quote. Well, adorable, right? Well, the answer to this innocent question from an innocent child would, you guessed it, it would kill us all if this were actually possible. <laughs> wonderful Randall did the wonderful math and we are going to walk through the devastation holding hands. We're going to talk about what would happen to Jupiter in this new environment and what would happen to us thanks to that change. And spoiler, it would suck. And spoiler, I'm Jill Chacha. I'm doing much better. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for asking. <laughs> and if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock, my exploding business goose. Buckle the fuck up, because we're about to begin. And to do so, we need to head on over to NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center, home to the little something called Hubble Space Telescope Operations Project. Now, the engineers here work in coordination with scientists around the world and the fellow intergalactic nerds of the Space Telescope Science Institute in Baltimore. Now, JWST 
maybe the newest, hottest telescope in town. But the Hubble, the Hubble is an oldie and a goodie, and it's a telescope astronomers just can't quit. Astronomers like Pieter von Dockham of Yale University. Now, Peter, Peter's the kind of guy that likes to look at colliding dwarf galaxies. Now, everyone has a thing, don't judge. <laughs> no. Just like their adorable name suggests, dwarf galaxies are small systems composed of just a few wee billion stars compared to their larger cousins, which can, can contain hundreds of billions of stars. So anyway, while searching for these underdogs, science did what science usually does. It makes a profound discovery completely by fucking accident. Now, in 2022, Peter saw something unusual up there, specifically seven and a half billion light years away in the dwarf galaxy RCP28. You know the one. Now brace yourself, my friends, because he saw, drumroll please, thank you, a straight bright line. That's right, a line in space. But stick with me here, stick with me, because think about it, there are many shapes in space, right? There, there are blobs, there are clusters, there are spirals, but not lines, right? And this line extended away from the galaxy, growing narrower and brighter as it went. So something was moving up there and it was big and it was fast and the combination of the two was so much so, it was impacting the gases and the light around it to create this streak. Now, if you're asking, well, what the fuck was it? Well, you're not alone. Peter, Peter needed backup. Now, Hubble is an awesome telescope, but please take a moment and head on over to our social media stuffs and check out the image that was captured by Hubble. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up here myself. And uh, you know what? <laughs> it's it's not, not the prettiest picture. It's, it's grainy, it's black and white, and it really doesn't explain or reveal much Except, yeah, yeah, in, in the middle of this photo, there is a streak of light, and it's very long. It's super, super long. I mean, for comparison, if you look in the top right corner, there's a blot of light, just a big old dot. That's actually the galaxy, RCP28, and this streak is way longer than the size of that galaxy. So <clears throat> if, you, uh, if you're not taking a look, please drop whatever it is you're doing. Take your eyes off the road and uh, head on over to our social media posts and take a look. So anyway, you'll, Peter <laughs> wanted to know, what the fuck is this thing? And to get clarity and precision, we're going to have to move away from Hubble. And we're going to have to take another photo. And we can't have light pollution fouling up our money shot. So you know what we have to do? We're going to Hawaii, baby. That's right. Pack your fucking sunscreen. We're heading on over to Keck Observatory, which is armed with not one but two telescopes at an elevation of over 4,000 meters near the summit of Mauna Kea on the Big Island. Now, I don't know what you're doing while listening to this glorious podcast, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not important. It really isn't. Especially after, especially after about what you're about to learn. And uh, so stop that bullshit and head on over to our social media stuffs and check out the six panel schematics that, yeah, scroll over, there you go. 
Now, these were designed after all the info was collected and put together about this thing. Now, I want you to stare at it, memorize it, because I'm about to drop a series of profound bombs on you. It's something else. Now, from Robert Lee of Live Science, quote, follow-up observations showed that the streak measures more than 200,000 light years long, roughly twice the width of our Milky Way. And it is thought to be made of compressed gas that is actively forming stars. The gas trails a black hole that is estimated to measure 20 million times the mass of the sun and, is, and it is speeding away from its home galaxy at three and a half million miles per hour, roughly 4,500 times the speed of sound." End quote. That is a lot. It's a lot. The human brain just cannot compute those numbers. But I know you're asking a couple of questions. Like, hold the fuck on. Are you telling me that there's a black hole 20 million times the mass of our sun just rolling through space? How? And fucking why did it become rogue? <laughs> Has this been seen before? And what's with all these baby stars? What is going on? Well, all of these panicky questions, they're great questions. And the answer... Well, shit is going to get even wilder and more beautiful. Peter told Live Science, quote, Using the Keck telescope in Hawaii, we found that the line and the galaxy are connected. From a detailed analysis of the feature, we inferred that we are seeing a very massive black hole that was ejected from the galaxy, leaving a trail of gas and newly formed stars in its wake. End quote. Charlotte Angus of the University of Copenhagen, who was not involved in the work, told sciencenews.org, quote, the possibility that this might be due to a supermassive black hole that's been ejected from its galaxy is very exciting. These events have been predicted by theory, but up until now, there's been little evidence of them. End quote. So my friends, you heard the nerds right. It's it's very, very likely, very likely that this black hole was rejected by its home, and this would be the first visual evidence of it. A round of applause. Now, how do you push out something that has the mass of 20 million suns? Yeah, well, if you said it would probably take one fucking dramatic event, you're absolutely right. This is where that multi-panel image on our social media stuffs becomes super handy because it breaks down the following theory. A theory believed to be a slingshot, three-body interaction situation. Anyway, let's just get into it, my friends. <clears throat> Most, if not all, large galaxies host supermassive black holes at their center. Now, on occasion, when two galaxies merge slash slam into each other, their black holes pull towards one another, and they begin a dance of sorts. They orbit one another. Peter and fellow astronomers believe our lone black hole was once a part of a supermassive black hole binary. But this partnership was interrupted by an incoming third galaxy with a black hole of its own. The balance between those two black holes was essentially upset, and here is where the drama happens. Quote, the most likely scenario that explains everything we've seen is a slingshot caused by a three-body interaction, Peter told Life Science. 
When three similar mass bodies gravitationally interact, the interaction does not lead to a stable configuration, but usually to the formation of a binary and the ejection of a third body. End quote. Eek. Yikes. My friends, take a look at this episode's post and that screenshot of the drama. It's in six steps. I'm going to go through it with you right now. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Step one. You have two galaxies just living their lives and trying to make it work in this dog-eat-dog world. But in step two, as you can see, their paths crossed and they bump into each other, maybe locking eyes and exchanging apologies. Next thing you know, they're orbiting, having created one galaxy. Everything's fine and beautiful. But bada-bing, step three, here's an incoming galaxy causing a collision and undoing the balance they created. In step four, all holes are tussling and swirling, attempting to figure out who stays and who goes, until step five, someone has to go. Now, if this sounds like the plot to nearly every TV show ever created, yeah, you're kind of right. And just like with those goddamn addictive series, our down-and-out hero, well, they end up fucking thriving. Check out step six. For you see... Despite being launched into the unimaginable unknown, with every passing second, the sheer presence of this black hole as it passes through the edges of a galaxy it once called home, thanks to its mass and speed, it's pulling in gases with with such magnitude and having such a profound effect on the environment around it, it's leaving the formation of stars in its footsteps. I know. Think about it. Imagine, on your next journey, while you're taking a walk, just imagine stars forming behind you. That's the streak, and it's 200,000 light years long. So please, may this fucking inspire you. After the break, more space, but way, way, way fucking closer to home. What if the planet Jupiter moved in next door? What if we shrunk her down a bit and made it a neighbor? Yes, well, we die, yes, but you're going to want to know how. <laughs> Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms, so when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only 
on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2, now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots, shots, shots! Now streaming. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2, rated R, now streaming only on Hulu. And we're back. We are so back. And my friends, we're about to make one more friend. A house-sized Jupiter. <laughs> That's right. This wacky hypothetical means it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Let's read from a book, motherfucker. And we are plowing through What If, Volume 2, by Randall Monroe. A little nine-year-old submitted the question, quote, Dear Randall, what would happen if you shrunk Jupiter down to the size of a house and placed it in a neighborhood? say, replacing a house, end quote. Well, I know, I know, I know. A lot about this question seems absurd, especially the part about people nowadays being able to afford and purchase a home. But imagine, just imagine, we're all living together, our houses side by side, one home after the other, until suddenly there's Jupiter. So what kind of neighbor would this gas giant make? Well, Honestly, you might want to hold on to something, or better yet, just get the fuck out of town. Now, Randall has many a good openers for each chapter, but this one, this one is one of my faves. Quote, this is one of those questions that sounds like it's going to create a disaster, but when you think about it for a moment, it actually doesn't seem like it would be that bad. Then, if you think about it a little more, you realize it would be extremely bad. End quote. Yes, my friends, uh, I'll level with you. There's some good news and bad news in this extremely bad situation, uh, which means that the good news is actually not that great news. So why don't we start with the not so great news? <laughs> Quote, a house-sized Jupiter wouldn't have much gravity, so it wouldn't create a black hole or anything. Jupiter is only a little denser than water, so a 50-foot-wide Jupiter would only weigh about 2,500 tons. That's heavy, but it's not that heavy. It just, it's as much as a small office building or a few dozen whales. So if you put a 50-foot sphere of water in the middle of your neighborhood, it would create a huge mess and might destroy a nearby house before forming a small pond, but it wouldn't do any weird gravity stuff. Since Zachary's Jupiter, Zachary being the nine-year-old, is only about the size and weight of a 50-foot sphere of water, it seems like it might not be so bad. End quote. So, okay, there you have it, my friends. For the, few, for, the, for, for the first few moments, there's destruction, like minor destruction, maybe mostly inconvenient destruction that could be covered by homeowner's insurance. But I know that's not why you're here. And God knows I wouldn't be talking about this if within the next few moments afterwards, we'd all actually be dead. So... Let's get into the next few moments. 
my friends. You may remember from such masterpieces like In Between E-097 that Jupiter started out as a cannibal. You heard me right. As she was forming, her gravity inhaled chunks of early planets. These planetesimals, as they're called, they did not stand a chance. And Jupiter got bigger and her gravity more powerful, pulling in gases from the great beyond. All right, have a listen to In Between E-097 for more details on that. Then in episode 134, we sliced through the seven-layer cake of chaos that is Jupiter's atmosphere. Now, I'm going to quote myself from that episode where I was quoting caltech.edu. That's right, I'm doing that. I'm quoting myself. Quote, Jupiter's clouds are thought to be about 30 miles or 50 kilometers thick. Below them is a 13,000-mile layer of hydrogen and helium, which changes from gas to liquid as the depth and pressure increase. Beneath the liquid hydrogen layer is another 25,000-mile deep sea of liquidy metallic hydrogen. End quote. That is fucking massive, my friends. And even though we're shrinking Jupiter down to a 50-foot sphere, we're not removing just how hot all of this material is. We're not removing it. And this is our fucking problem. Quote, here's the problem. <laughs> Jupiter is hot. Like Earth, Jupiter consists of a thin, cool outer layer wrapped around a blisteringly hot interior. Jupiter's interior is mostly hydrogen, compressed and heated to tens of thousands of degrees, and hot, dense things want to expand. A ball of hydrogen at 20,000 degrees Celsius would push outward with incredible pressure. The reason the actual Jupiter doesn't expand is because its massive gravity counteracts that pressure, holding it together. If you shrink Jupiter and plop it down in the middle of your neighborhood, that hot, high-pressure hydrogen with no gravity holding it together, it would expand." End quote. So, yeah, it kind of sounds like a bomb, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. My beautiful flock. Guess what? It's imagination time. I mean, even more so, because I'm sure you've been drawing out this disaster in your mind as we go along, but I'd like you to add more to this picture. Okay, what shape would be created from this high-pressure bomb? Think about it. You're absolutely right. It's a mushroom cloud. Quote, Jupiter would expand so violently that it would flatten all of the houses on your block almost instantly and probably take the whole neighborhood with it. As the fireball grew, it would cool and rise into the atmosphere. After five or ten seconds, the rising gas would form a mushroom cloud, end quote. After just a few seconds. That's right, my friends, this situation did not last very long, did it? <laughs> I mean, as, as soon as Jupiter moved into town, we all died within a minute. But wait, that's right, there's more. As we all know, Randall, he likes to take these hypotheticals a little farther, making them a little bit more poetic. So here we go. Quote, if you, recorded, if you recorded these events, hopefully from a safe distance, and played the video in reverse, it would in a way resemble Jupiter's formation. 
The reason Jupiter is so hot is that 4.6 billion years ago, gravity caused a cloud of gas to collapse together. When you compress gas, it heats up because the molecules are getting smashed together and bouncing around faster. Since a lot of gas fell together to form Jupiter, its gravity was very strong, so it pulled itself together hard and got extremely hot. Over four billion years later, a lot of that heat, about half of it, is still there, trapped under Jupiter's immense gravity and insulating and <laughs> under Jupiter's immense gravity and insulating blanket of clouds. A mini Jupiter would lack that crushing inward pull. Its core would be able to throw off its insulating blanket and expand outward, spreading out and rapidly cooling. The neighborhood destroying blast would represent four billion years of pent up heat finally being released. Jupiter, freed from gravity, would once again become what it was before the sun formed. A thin, cool cloud of gas just spread out across the sky. End quote. So, there you have it. Common peace after a moment of hell. So thank you to that nine-year-old who asked a seemingly innocent question and just doomed us all to a fiery, nearly instant death. <laughs> so, and thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friend how quickly we die if Jupiter, even just the size of a house, just moved next door. Tell them about the runaway black hole that's creating stars. Ah, this is so inspirational. Jesus, just tell them. Just get a margarita and just cry over it. Because I think, I think I'm going to do that. Anyway, <laughs> please stay interesting.